0: As Todd was singing, one of the things I thought about, he said, you fight, you win. But I thought about how do you fight your battles? And when a boxer goes into the ring, one of the things they do is they get in position. And when they get in position, they get in a stance where they're ready to fight. And they put their hands up and they tuck their elbows and they're ready. But I thought about how we fight because theirs is a physical fight, but ours is a different type of fight. It's a spiritual fight. And so when we go into battle, we go in with our hands up. And as fighters, I want to know how many of you all are fighters today? We go in with our hands up and our hands symbolize that God, we're going to give you praise no matter what we're going through. We're going to praise you. Our hands up are a sign that we surrender. We surrender everything to God. We say, God, let Your will be done. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I'm here to fight, God, and I'm saying, let Your will be done. I surrender my all, and I am ready to fight because I'm gonna come out of this fight a winner. Because I know this is a fixed fight. How many of us know this is a fixed fight? You're gonna come out of this a winner today. Hallelujah! All the warriors, I want to hear you make some noise. I want to hear your give, God. Some you find, you win. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You know, this weekend was a weekend that it just blew my mind in all ways. When we plan this whole Fighters Weekend, we think about the month of October. We think about Pink Out. We think about those who are survivors, but not just survivors in their health, survivors in any area. Because we know how important it is to fight. And on yesterday, we gave tools to fight. And I know the importance of having tools because, y'all, we all go through things. How many of you are going through things? Some of you have already come out of things. Some of you are being knocked out by things that are happening in life. But you got to fight through it. And I just want to encourage you all today to fight. You have to fight. And so I want to just pray for you all before I start today. I just want to pray for every fighter in the room. If you're a fighter in the room, I want to know. I want you to lift your hands right now. You see, I'm going through a fight. And I want to pray for you. And so God today... As we come together, God, even online, I want to know who's fighting. God, I just pray for every fighter, Lord. God, I pray that you give them the strength, God, to endure whatever is being thrown their way, God. God, I ask that you comfort them. God, I ask that you give them peace. Give them all the tools they need, Lord, to fight this fight. God, we know this is a fixed fight and we know our faith gets weary, but God, I ask you that you surround us with the right people. Put the right people to help us hold our arms up, Lord, because we know. God that we cannot get through this without you but we know we need people around us so God I just thank you in advance for the victory God we know that we have already won God I just thank you in advance for what you're doing in your name amen amen well by now y'all know I'm not Darius Daniels (laughs) But I am his helpmate, and this weekend, I'm so proud of my husband. He is in Lagos, Nigeria. He's still there right now. Hopefully, he'll be leaving soon, but he's in Lagos, and he's ministering the word there. You know, one of the things I said on church anniversary is we don't know the man that we have. We don't know the leader of this house. We don't know all that he has in him, and he's going around the world teaching this life-change message. So, I'm just honored to first be his wife. I know you all are proud of your pastor, right? Are you proud of your pastor? So I'm grateful to be able to step in. He said, babe, I'm a tag team you in, and many of you who know me know that I'm fine behind the scenes. I can run everything. I can plan everything, and I'm good to go. But I will step in when I've been asked. And so today I've been asked, so I need y'all to support me, all right? Because this is not something I do all the time. I love ministering to the women. I'll do that every day. But when I get up and do this, I'm doing it to be obedient. And I do feel like God has given me something on my heart, and I want to share it with you. So if you all are ready, I'm ready. You ready? All right, so let's take out our Bibles, iPhones, apps, whatever it is that you have. And we're going to go to Esther Esther come on Esther let's go (laughs) chapter 4 verse 13 I read from the English Standard Version and it says then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther do not think to yourself that in this king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have come, whether you not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And verse 15 says Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. He says, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three days and three nights. And all my young women around me will fast too. then go to the king though it's against the law and if I perish I will perish so I want to talk from the subject today we're still in the sermon series pick up your phone have you all been enjoying pick up your phone we're still in it y'all so today I want to say pick up your phone and trust the process pick it up we're gonna trust the process today y'all ready all right so y'all know I love telling a story so I'm a Mississippi girl from Mississippi. Growing up, I had two older brothers. My mom had me when she was um, older, and so I was this little, tiny ball of fire. And one of the things that they taught me is, they said, Shamika, we gotta make sure you can stand up for yourself. So they taught me how to be resilient. They told me how to be independent. They told me how to stand up for something. I was tough, y'all. I was like, I got this. If I ever get in the opportunity, which I never did, but physically, I can stand up for myself. Now, my mouth did it all the time, but I felt like if the opportunity ever presented itself, I knew how to get in my stance so that I could fight. So they taught me that, and I'm like, yes, I'm ready. But one of the things I didn't realize is I was prepared for the physical fight, but there was something else I wasn't prepared for. I wasn't prepared for the mental fight. I wasn't prepared for what life was going to send me hurt, disappointment, dealing with my mindset, the enemy allowing and saying anything, fear, health, illness in in my body, grief, the attack of the enemy. I wasn't ready for none of that. How many of you all were ready for that? No. None of us were ready for that. And so one of the things I needed to learn is I needed to learn how to fight and win. I needed to learn how to fight a spiritual fight. I didn't understand everything that I went through, but what I did know is I had a purpose. I know that every one of us who were born and are a child of God, we're created with a purpose. And what I know about purpose, because I grew up in church, and one of the things they used to teach us in church is if you got a purpose, the enemy is after your purpose because he does not want you to pursue your purpose. He's going to throw every dot, every spear he can at you so that you don't pursue your purpose. And so I needed to learn how to fight this everyday life. I needed to learn how to be strong. I needed to learn how to be wise. I said, okay, all right. So this is years passing and I'm like, I'm learning and I'm learning my toolkit. I taught yesterday on Ephesians 6, 10. I learned how to put my toolkit in order, but it never meant I stopped fighting. I still have purpose right now. I'm still carrying out purpose. So I'm still fighting in the midst of all of it. But I know how to fight now. I know how to fight with my hands up. I know how to go into this thing saying, I'm going to win this every time. And so there's someone in the scripture named Esther that I feel like had her own purpose, but she also had her own fight. And so I love telling stories. I'm one of those type of speakers that I'm a speaker teller. I like to tell stories in a, in a um, speaking way. So like I'm reading a book. I like watching Netflix too, if y'all like watching Netflix. But one of the things that I want to do today is I want to act like we're going to have an audible book of Esther and we're going to download the audible book and it's going to be narrated by Shamika Daniels already. All right. So we're not going to go through every scripture, but I'm going to teach you about Esther today all right so esther she was this young beautiful girl she was named hadessa hadessa that's what she was named her parents suddenly died and her cousin mordecai he was the one who had to raise her now her name was hadessa why was her name hadessa we just said we're talking about esther but i'm going to tell you more about that so she was raised in this city of susa susa was a place where jews lived it was a place where Parisians lived on the other side but she was raised by her uncle because we don't know what happened to her her parents all we know is it says suddenly her parents died and she ended up being raised by her um, cousin Mordecai so a few years later on the other side of Susa there was a whole thing a lot of things going on on the other side of the kingdom y'all know how it is on the other side of town they got a whole bunch of stuff going on so word on the street is some stuff was going on in the kingdom over there in the palace And in the palace, they were living it up, having fun. It says they were drinking and partying. And I'm like, oh, okay, they do that on the other side of the kingdom. And so word got out that there was a queen and a king. And the king's name was Xerxes. And this king, he, was, he had a beautiful palace, but he had a beautiful queen. And her name was Vashti. Queen Vashti. Have y'all heard of her before? Yeah. Yeah. And she was ruling and she was throwing her own parties. They said at night, I think on the 10th day, they said she had a whole lot going on. She had a party full of women. Where the women at in the room? Y'all ready for a party? (laughs) So she was partying it up. And one of the things with the king is anytime a woman presented him, he had to send for them. So women, you couldn't just walk up on the king. You had to be sent for So you know how they say, don't call for me until I send for you. Well, he sent for her, Right. And so it just so happened on this one night, he sent for her, and she decided she didn't want to be summoned. She said, not tonight. (laughs) What old did she know what was going to happen after that? She refused to come to the king. She said, no. Now, many stories are told why she said no, and I'm not going to get into the fact of whether she was right or wrong. All I want you to know is she said no, and the Bible says she embarrassed the king. It said he was very angry. Now, I watch a lot of TV, and I watch all of those shows like Game of Thrones and all of that type of stuff, and when the king gets angry, all type of stuff start happening in the palace, all right? so she went there she said no and he was very angry and he said okay no problem all the bible scriptures say is we never saw her again she lost her crown she was gone now y'all can read between the lines you can fill in the parts of the story that was missing but I just know she was sent to the left all right so she lost her crown and one of the things that I learned when I was reading this part of the story is it says one emotional decision can cause you to lose everything How many of us are making some decisions in a blink of an eye and we done lost it all? Whether you're right or wrong, an emotional decision will cause you to lose everything. Now her story, like I said, could be seen from different perspectives. But whatever happened, all I know is she didn't know the right time. You got to count the cost and know the right time. You got to make the decisions. You got to seek God. You got to seek counsel. You got to count the cost. Now I want to ask you, what decisions are you making at the drop of a dime? What have you lost because of an emotional decision? Mm, That's something that was taught to me through Esther. So back to the king. So the king, you know, he sent for, he said, well, I got to get a new wife because she's gone. And he was like, I need a new woman in the palace. So he said, he put word out. He said, told all his guys, hey, I'm ready. I want these virgin women. I want to line them up. I want to pick from a new, new batch, a new batch of women. So on the other side of town, Mordecai heard that there was an opening in the palace. You know, the job opening in the palace. And he was like. I got a cute one over here. So as he decided to have this conversation with her, now, you know, this is my own rendition of the story. He decided to have this conversation with her. He said, I'm going to send you, get yourself together. Come on, let's get cute. We're going over to the palace. He said, but before we leave, there's something I need you to do. He says, we got to shift. Because he was like, you hadn't been where you're about to go. He said, so we got to make some changes over here. I said, okay, changes. So he told her, you can no longer be called Hadessa. He said, we got to change your name to Esther. Now, I imagine this young woman probably said, what's wrong with my name? And he says, your name represents the Jewish name. Your name is the name of a Jew. And he says, over on the other side, they're Parisians and they don't like Jews. They want to do something to these Jews. So he says, I have to hide your identity. And so this is why you're going to be called Esther because, hey, you got a purpose on your life but we gotta make some changes with some stuff. Now, I imagine she had to fight through that. Women in the room, men in the room. If somebody said, we gotta change who you are, we gotta change your identity, how would you feel? That's a fight right there, a whole fight with your identity. That's something that's difficult, but it didn't stop her. She said, all right, I'm ready. I'm going to be Esther. And so there was a takeaway I saw, even in that scripture. And I said, there in the season of our lives, there's times that we need to shift from comfort to our calling. How many of us are ready to shift from that comfortable place to a place of our calling? Many of us are very comfortable with where we are, but we need to get ready to go to where God has created us to be, where he's called us to be. Who wanna go with me? I'm wanna go. <laughs> And Mordecai knew that Hadessa was the one he knew that she was the chosen one that was supposed to go over to that palace now she hadn't even been chosen she was still sitting over in the house but that's something about it you could be on one side of town and there's something going on on the other side of town and somebody in your life sees more for you and they push you to get to that next place yes come on I'm ready I want to be pushed she was on assignment so they get ready They get ready to go over to this other side of town And so Mordecai took Esther there, and it was a place of consideration. And the scriptures say that it was a lineup of women. The king chose seven of them, not just one, seven. Seven women lined up. Now I'm like, I don't know, I got a problem with that, but I'm going to just go with the story because I didn't write the story. But seven women were lined up, and it says that all of these women found favor with the king. But he said, Esther found favor with the king as well. So one of the things about the lineup is once you've been stepped for the lineup, you don't get chosen right away. He says, she's not ready to be in the palace yet. She's got to go through a process. A process? So you just said I'm pretty. What, what kind of process I got to go through? But she had to go through a process. She had to go through a beautification process. And the scriptures say that she had to go through six months of oil and myrrh. And she had to go through six months of spices and ointments. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I'm fighting through some things, here we go again. I'm like, now I'm feeling what's wrong with me am I not good enough to go into the kingdom as is why does it take me 12 months to get pretty for the kingdom why do I have to get saturated in some things but y'all know there's a takeaway that I always see and I always see that there's a process that we all have to go through. Even when we've been assigned to something and called to something, God still takes us to the process because we're not ready. One of the things that Pastor D taught us years ago, he said, sometimes there's a gap season in your life where you've been anointing for something, but God has to prepare you for that season. And in that gap season, you are learning how to do it. He talked about it in so many ways with David. He talked about it even when it came to killing Goliath. You gotta get ready to kill some things. You can't just jump in there and don't know what you need to do. You gotta be trained for it. she had to go into training mode and so that's what those months were those months were training training time for her and so when each woman was going through their process the king would call for them. they would go into his chambers during the day and they would leave his chambers at night and on the tenth month Esther went into the chamber and she left the chamber and he said oh she's the one she don't even have to finish the last two months it's time I want to make her my queen And at that moment, she became queen. She got her ring and a crown, right? She waited and went through the process. Now, I don't know how many women were here yesterday when Nona was talking about the crumbs and the men. You don't want to just get any type of man. You want to go through the process. So I encourage the single ladies, go through the dating process, all right? Date for a while. Get to know him before you go take a ring, right? Let's go through the process. So she got her ring. And one of the things that I saw in this is Esther had to remember some things. She had to remember that she was a Jew and that she had to hide it. So imagine receiving a a crown, but knowing you really couldn't be your authentic self. Oh, that's hard for me. So I can go into this, but I had to pretend who I am. But sometimes people have to be willing to get out of their comfort zone And be reminded that you have a purpose and you're here for a reason and in the set time in due season you'll be able to reveal everything about yourself you need to reveal now see I I got a new takeaway even as I'm speaking right now sometimes you shouldn't tell everything about yourself to everybody when you meet them (laughs) right you gotta get to know them for a minute you don't know what they're gonna do with your stuff so take your time before you start sharing everything get to know the person trust the person and so One of the things that the scripture says is that um, Mordecai He was sitting around the palace, and so Mordecai, again, was her cousin. Now, remember, he was a Jew as well. And so he would go lurk around the palace because he wanted to check in on her. God always has somebody looking out for you. God always got your back, and somebody's always in your corner. And one of the things is when you're in a boxing ring, you got to always go to the corner for a minute to get adjusted. You got to go in and check in. And so he was sitting in her corner watching, trying to find out what's happening in the palace. What's going on? And so he would keep his ear to the ground and ear to the streets, as we would say in these days. And he needed to know what was going on so that he could alarm her and let her know because he wanted to protect her. Esther always had somebody that had her back. We always have somebody that has our back. God is the one. And he's going to put somebody in position. So Mordecai was sitting around the palace and he heard of an attack. And the attack was on the king. And so somebody said they wanted to lay hands on the king. I'm like, all right, lay hands on the king. So Mordecai decided that he needed to tell Esther this. He said, I got to get word to her that the king is in danger. So Esther notified the king, and he was very gracious. And Esther received word that her people, the Jews, were in danger she said, they're in danger. She was like, oh, I got to go back to the king. Now, she just went to the king to tell him that he was under attack. Now, if I was the king, I would be like, where are you getting this information from? But that didn't matter. That, that part of the story didn't matter. But he had, she had just gone before the king. Now, remember, you are not supposed to go to the king unless he sends for you. So she went one time already. now she get, gets word that her people are under attack. The people that she are not she 's not supposed to identify with and so, in that moment, she had to deal with a different type of fight. She had to deal with a faith fight because she says, "Now, if I go back to him, he might find out who I am. My identity might be revealed." She also said, "If I go back to him, the same thing could happen to me that happened to the last queen so verse chapter 4 verse 13 says that Esther the young woman she was surrounded by her eunuchs and he, they came and told her that the queen was deeply distressed they saw that she was deeply distressed now, what does it mean to be deeply distressed? I don't know in, in um, that world what deeply distressed means, but I like to go to Webster and look, that, look up what distress means. And distress means that you're full of anxiety. I know people that are full of anxiety, they're fearful. They don't know what's about to happen. You worry, you don't know what's, what's going on. But one of the things that the scriptures taught us is, she said in verse 13, hey, it doesn't matter. If I perish, I'm going to perish. But she said, I need y'all to call up the troops. She was like, go over to the land and tell everybody to go on a fast, right? Because she knew that prayer matters. That's what happens when you're in a battle. You got to go call for the prayer warriors and say, hey, I need y'all to pray with me. She said, because prayer matters. So they were on their three days of fasting and praying. And then she even had some of her girls in the kingdom to fast and pray with her. Because she said, I got to go before the king because I need to let him know what's going on and so she fasted and prayed and she and Mordecai said you got to go tell your people so she told her people what was about to happen and then she said all right I'm ready to go before the king and so she requested to go before the king and I can't imagine all of the things that she was feeling but she says I have to protect my people I want to save my people and I'll do whatever I have to do because if I perish I perish and so one of the takeaways I saw in that is as you carry out your assignment remember you are not alone God's got your back, and He's got a, a, a surrounding people. He's got people in your corner who's ready to go to war with you. You don't have to do this by yourself. You just gotta trust the process. And she used wisdom and discernment, and she approached the king. And when she walked in the room, I love this part. She didn't even have to ask him for anything. When she walked in the room, y'all know what he did. He said, "Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. You good." She didn't even have to open up her mouth and ask what she wanted because he, he immediately gave her favor. See, that's what happens when you have favor on your life. You don't even have to explain what's going on. In that very moment, he was like, yep, you're good. Go ahead. You got this. And she went back, and she was able to save her people. She won favor from the king, and she didn't have to do anything but walk in the room. Oh, that thing was, that messed me up so much. And in chapter five, she did that. She went before the king. God found favor on her. God found favor where she was able to turn the hearts of people. What type of favor is that? Do y'all want that type of favor on your life where you could turn people's hearts? Come on now. She turned the hearts of people. That was a faith fight for her. I can't imagine the decisions. Am I going to put myself in danger for somebody else? Are we that... You know, is that us? Some of us are so selfish, we wouldn't do that. Are we willing to put ourselves on the line for somebody else? Now, we may do that for our children, but would you do that for your people? That's a question I would ask myself. But there's some things that we're going to learn from Esther, and I'm going to give you a few points before I take my seat. You ready? All right. The first thing that we learn is your process is not their process. Your process is not their process. We cannot compare our lives to other people's lives. We all go through stuff and we fight. We heard on the um, Pink Out video, the survivors, they all had a different type of fight. They all had a different type of story. Your story is not going to be their story, but you're all going to be fighting and going through a process. We cannot measure our progress with others. Some people have stories where they say, hey, I won already. Others say, I'm still in the fighting season. I thought I won. I'm back at it again. But whatever you're going through, don't compare yourself to others because your process is not their process. You are unique. You are created. You are different. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't compare yourself. Don't conform to this world. Don't question. Don't even be discouraged. And and I know you say, that's not easy. When I'm going through stuff, I get weak. I get discouraged. All I say is, God, I trust you. Your will be done in my life. Go ahead, God, do it. I don't know why you're doing this to me in this season, but I'm ready for it. I'm ready to get in the ring and fight because I know that God's favor is on your life. And when his favor is on your life, he's got your back and he's gonna turn the hearts of people. He's gonna protect you every time. All right, the second thing, y'all ready for the second thing? God will always use someone to speak into your life. God will always use someone to speak into your life. He knows who he puts in y'all's life. He knows the people that walk into the room. He knows, and he puts them at the right place at the right time. Sometimes you may not understand, why is this person in my life? Why are they always praying for me? Why are they always sharing and speaking words over me? God knows what he's doing. I know sometimes I'm going through some things, and I'll say, God, I can't talk about this yet. I'm not ready to share what's going on with me, and I'll, and I'll be going through it and I'll say, "I just need you, to see, send me a smoke signal. Let me know you hear me right now." And I'll get a random text from someone that I hadn't heard from in years, and they'll say, "I'm praying for you right now." See, God knows who to touch. He knows what heart to touch at the right moment, because somebody will always be in your life. Spiritually, emotionally, practically, you're going to have somebody in your life. My question is, are you in a position to hear from that person? Can you be told anything? Are you sitting ready to hear? We gotta get in that position. All right, the third thing, number three, y'all ready? We must always remember our assignment. We must always remember our assignment. There are times when we want to abandon the assignment when we get into the battle, right? I'm sure. Okay, none of y'all want to abandon the assignment. When I'm going through stuff, Shamika going through stuff, sometimes I'm like, I give up. I don't want to do this no more. I'm good. I'm good. I done did it all, God. I'm good. My purpose is over. I don't feel like this no more. I'm tired. Why I got to keep getting beat up? I don't want the enemy keep coming after me. So I'm like, I'm good. I feel like I've served enough. But no, I can't say that because there's continuous assignments on each of our lives and I got to keep fighting. I have to remember, no matter what, I'm still here. I'm a ride or die. It's God, I'm a ride or die for you. I'm a fight no matter what. And there's times you're going to get weak and you got to remind yourself, why am I in this? This might not be for me. This might be for somebody else. Maybe what I'm going through now is going to be my ministry for somebody else in the next season of my life. There's an assignment on every one of your lives. You got to go through the process so that you can be trained. You got to go in the process so you can know how to fight that battle the right way. So stop asking why and say, God, I want to be used by you. We say it all the time, but truthfully, God, I want to be used by you. And the fourth thing I want to share with you is you must know the right time. You must know the right time. There is a time and a place for everything. Ecclesiastes teaches us that there's a time and a place for everything. There's a time to pray. There's a time to ask. There's a time to wait. Some of us aren't willing to wait, though. We want to ask God to do something, and if he don't do it right away, then we get involved, and we want to do it ourselves. But even in the process, sometimes you got to pray and wait. Because I know God. When you ask for something, he over there working on it. And you saying, God, what's going on? And He said, Hey, I'm working on it. And you're like, I don't see nothing happening. He was like, Be still. I'm working on it. I know what I'm doing, because He's teaching us to be patient. Because in His timing, He's going to answer every time. You just got to pray and wait. That's one of the good things about God. His timing is always the right timing. But most of the time, it's not our timing. <laughs> it's the right timing. And this is why you have to have an intimate relationship with God you got to be able to trust him to know hey God I know you really got my back so in this time in this season because I say you got to talk to God like you're talking to your friends in this season God I need you to give me a little more strength I need a little more endurance in this fight because I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it but I need you right now and in the due time at the due season cuz see this is one of the things about Esther she had opportunities where she could have went to the king earlier she had times where she walked into his palace and he gave her favor She could have said, hey, I'm here to save my people. Can you save them? But she knew it wasn't the right time. She waited. She could have went in chapter one, two, three, four, but no, she waited to chapter five because she knew that she had to have discernment. It was a right time to go before him. And that's what we have to know. There is a right time for us to go. There's a right time for us for everything to happen in our lives. And as I close, I want you to know you got to trust the process. You got to be fully in the moment. Whatever you encounter, You got to be ready to go through it. Grief, loss, health, whatever it is. I say it all the time. Crazy children, crazy families, drama in your relationship. You got to be ready to go through it. You got to be ready to fight over and over again. Even when you're getting weak, you got to be ready to fight. You got to be ready to surrender and say, God, I give you my all. No matter what, I don't understand right now, but you you got to give you my all. And what I do know is if you trust the process and you understand that your process is not their process, God will always be there. He will remember the assignment. Remember the assignment in your life because it will happen in God's timing. A couple of years ago. I shared a story Um, it was on one pink out Sunday and I shared a story about some things that I was fighting through in a season of my life and I have family members on my dad's side a couple of my aunts are battling and survivors of breast cancer and so we were on a trip and some things happened and I was ignorant to the fact and this is one of the reasons on pink out Sunday I want the stats to be known I want people to know that early detection is key one of the things dr. Laura said is she said the african-american community she said 49% of them, don't, they, they don't live because of it. Not because they're African-American. It's because they are ignorant and not aware. Early detection is not happening in our communities. And so I was ignorant and unaware. I thought if my mother's side... Didn't have breast cancer. I was good. I didn't need. I needed to wait till I was 40, and I was under 40, and I didn't know on my father's side it mattered. And so I started dealing with some things, and we were going through tests, and we discovered that I had some precancer cells, and I had to go through surgeries and things like that. And after the process, um, I just didn't understand. I was like, okay, why God? Why didn't I know this? I know a lot of things, y'all know I'm smart. I'm like, I can figure stuff out. Why didn't I know this? And I start comparing myself like, okay, why am I having to go through this? Like, I feel like I've gone through so much already. Why this too now, God? And one of the things I had to learn is you got to trust the process. But even in that, I wasn't obedient all the time. Once I did my surgeries, I'm like, I'm good. I went on the medication. And I remember I was talking to Miss Hattie and she was like, Shamika, you shouldn't be taking that medication. And I'm like, no, the doctor said, take it. I'm just taking the medication. You know, hey, I'm going to do this. And I went back and met with my doctor. And it was a high-risk doctor. And they said, Shamika, what you can do right now in this season, she says, you can be preventative of this. She was like, you can change your diet. You can change your habits. There's some things about you that you can make the shift right now. And I thought about it and I, I let a year pass. I didn't make the change right away. And a year later, after I had been poked and biopsied and poked and biopsied, I said, I, I think I'm ready to make the change. I'm ready to surrender. Because, see, I went in a surrendering place at the point. But I was ready to surrender after I had gone in test after test and you sitting there waiting and worrying. And I said, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to change some things about myself. And I start changing my eating habits and I changed what I put in my body so that I didn't have inflammatory foods in my body. And in that moment, I already started to feel better. And so I remember I had to fly. Um and I think Lauren went with, me, with, with, went with me because it was in the season where pastor was traveling and I just needed somebody there with me. And I went back in again and it was like, we found one more thing, but I had just changed my diet. And I'm like, this don't work. And I remember God saying, nope, you got to trust the process. Trust the process, Shamika. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing it. Keep eating healthy. Well, we fast forward now a few years later, I've been putting the right things in my body and I went Monday morning to get my mammogram. Now I was in there way too long. I started texting PD. He was in Lagos. I mean, he was I'm on the plane and I was like, I'm in here too long. Here we go again. And I felt myself starting to get weak. And he was like, Nope, you got this. You in a fight. This a faith fight. This a fixed fight. You got this. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, why is it taking so long? Why am I in here three hours? And one of the doctors came in and she said, Shamika, we always just like to make sure you're good before you leave she was like because of your history because of all the things you've gone through she was like we would never just bring you in and out and take it for granted she said we're gonna check everything, we're gonna cross every T we're gonna dot every I and they came in that room three hours later and they said Shamika you're all clear and I said thank you Jesus and I share that story because I want you to know that you gotta surrender sometimes you go through things and you don't understand why you're going through it but God taught me some stuff he taught me how to be patient. He taught me how to listen to the people who were who are around me, the people that I was surrounded with. He gave me wisdom through that. And he taught me how to be disciplined. Because many of us don't have discipline in our lives. But he taught me how to be disciplined discipline in my eating, discipline in what I put in my body. And I can say, this fight is not over. I know every six months I got to go and make sure I'm good. And I know this is a fixed fight and I know everything that I go through. I'm doing it to be a ministry to you all. Because y'all know when I learn something, I'm going to teach you about it. I'm going to make sure you're growing as I'm growing. But I trust God. I trust the process. I trust the calling on my life. And I hope that you trust the process as well. So thank you for allowing me to share with you today. And I want to say, pick up the phone and trust the process.